Welcome to Identity Church Sunday Morning Message, where sonship is revealed. Stay tuned at the end of this message to receive more information about resources available through Identity Church. Now grab your Bible, sit back, and enjoy a message from Identity Church that is already in progress. Um, I'm going to talk about what God's doing with me and what he's showing me. Um, about when Higby was here, he began, you know, he's talking about going from one place to the other. And the only place that I know that that happened is in, in my mind was Moses. And the Lord began to download this stuff about that, that whole journey of Moses. And then, um, about a week later, when, um, or when Rusty came, and he was talking, and, you know, he said, we are, we're like in this church, we're a cave. And what I saw the Lord do is open that, the stone, pull the stone away. So you're going to get me really raw. I don't usually risk like this, but you're going to get me full on. So um, I, how the Lord talks to me, he talks to me in picture which I know is not all of your understanding, but he built me that way. So I'm going to share with you from how he talks to me. One of the my favorite, favorite things is two people. It's Adam and Moses in the Bible. I have a lot, but right now that's it. Um, and the the where I go to meet God is I meet him like Adam did. I go out in the dark on my porch in the middle of the night and I sit and I wait because he says that Adam would listen for him to come and meet him in the cool of the day. So I just wait. I wait for him to come. And the other one is Moses. He said that he met Moses face to face, like a man sees a friend. And I desire that. I want that kind of relationship. Um, that's lofty, but that's what my desire of my heart is. And when I began to explore what God was giving me when Higby was here and when um, Rusty was here, he said to me, wide angle lens. I'm removing the lens that you have, which is a telescopic lens, which you unscrew on a camera, and that gives you really, really fine details. He said, no, unscrew that one, and I want you to put on a wide angle lens, which lets you see the whole panorama. And so, uh, that's, I'm, I'm, I'm going over that stuff. Pastor Charlie walks up and says, I want you to speak on the 25th. Does that work? <laughs> okay. So here we are. And as I'm going through that process, you know, you do the work. So I sit down with my legal pad and I start going through the story and I have an entire legal pad full and God goes, I don't want any of that. So I kind of rip it off. You know, I was like, oh. And I go, well, you know, I got nothing. <laughs> I got nothing here. You know, it's a blank space. And he says, okay. 
He said, I want you to talk about who you are. See, for me, I, um, I didn't have a father. So I was in a children's ministry and somebody said, God, your father. And I took it as truth. And so my relationship with God is a child. I just come to him like a child. That's why I sit and wait. And, you know, it, that's my relationship. But some of you have Moses experiences. You can tell me the day and the time that you had your mountaintop experience with God. You know, you, know, you saw the burning bush. It was like God showed up and you just embraced that. I didn't have that. So my relationship looks different. I come to him like a child. But it, it doesn't matter. We all come. It doesn't matter. It's kind of an even playing field. We just come. But Gary and I were in, we both worked in Europe, and I, we took this trip to Germany where you ski from Germany down to into Austria. It's a four-hour full-on ride down. But when you stand on the very top of the Alps, all you can see is mountaintops. And the Lord brought that to me. He said, I want you to, I want you to look out. Remember, you don't see the valleys. You don't see any of the valleys. You only see the mountaintops. And I think about Moses. He had so many mountaintop experiences one after another after another. And I began to ask the Lord, how come you say in Numbers 12, 3, now Moses was a very humble man, more humble than anyone on the face of the earth. And I kind of went back to my notes, you know, my ledgers. And he said, if you look at Moses, look what he did. He was, Moses was pretty simple. He went to the Lord. The Lord told him what to do. He asked. He listened. He did it. He didn't ask why. He didn't, he didn't say, I think I know a better plan. He just listened. Okay, this is what I'm going to do, do with Pharaoh. And it's not going to work, but go do it. Here, here's what I want you to do. You know, to do it when you know that it isn't going to work and do it anyway you know, and he never questioned him. And he did that to him over and over and over and over. Yeah, it's not going to work, but go do it anyway. Yeah. Uh, and at least he let him know it wasn't going to work. I, I love that about God. Yeah, this isn't going to work, but do it. Um, if you go to that place and you come, I think, see, we come to God. Nathan and I have been having lots of, of discussion about this, but how do we come to God? Do we tell him what we want? I do. You know, and that's really, that, ugh, that conviction has been tough. You know, I, I want you to heal me. I want you to fix this situation. We come to him with what we want. Instead of asking the question, what do you want me to do? And then just do it. Whether it's going to work or not. But we come for, with two ways. We either come with an expectation or we come out of fear. I have this need. I need you to fix it. But Moses didn't do that. 
you know, if he came with a need, he asked a question. If you really look at how he presented himself, he said, these people are worried about not having any food. And then it would be, okay, these people are really, you know, tired of manna. I just like to say for all of you, we love manna. We love manna. When you don't love manna, it gets really bad for you. So we come with our agenda. We come with an expectation. We come telling God how to do it. I want it done this way, and I want it now. See, I have, I have three grandchildren. I have two older boys and a two-year-old. And Hannah will scare you. Hannah is the most precious, beautiful, pleasant child until she doesn't get what she wants. And she's scary. I'm just saying she's been scary from the moment she was, she was born. She will pitch a fit and the whole family goes, give it to her. You know, and I know they're working through that. She's two, you know, and the two boys, they just, you know, well, he did this to me. Well, he did this first and he has what I want and he's breathing on me. And, you know, you know, you have children, you have grandchildren, you know, that's who we are. There's a reason why he called them the children of Israel. There's a reason why he calls us the children of God, because we are Hannah's. And we are those two boys. Well, he did this to me. We just come with our offense and our stuff. It's who we are. But see, God says two things. Really, the whole law goes on two things. Love God and love your brother. If we love God, we completely trust what he's doing. Because, see, he's so much bigger than us. And he's already working it out. He's already way, way past. He knows the absolute best result. But we want to tell him what to do. He's God. He's God. He calls the universe in, you know, just speaks it. It happens. And we think in our little puny self, think that we have the answer. God, I want you to do it this way. And I want it now. We're Hannah's. We're Hannah's. Or we just get really all offended. And we don't know how to champion our brothers. We don't know how. We have competition. We have expectation. We don't know how to champion. And God put Aaron in, in Moses' life to help champion him champion him to stand by him when he couldn't do it there was somebody that said yeah you can you can do this go see here's the thing here's the scariest thing of all Moses had these amazing experiences with God I mean honestly to divide the Red Sea and let people walk over and then the enemy just washed away we can't even hold on to that as a possibility. We can see it in our mind's eye. We know it. But we can't imagine God showing up that big. We just can't do it. It's not in us. Because it isn't in us. It's in God that that stuff happens. And if we tell him how to do it, we put him in a box that he's only got one way to work. 
See, Moses didn't do that. He says, ooh, there's an army right there. There's an army right there. And the people are, are scared. They're scared that we're going to die in the wilderness. She should have left us. And he just takes the tool that he was given, which was a staff, and sticks it in the water, and God does. See, if we can just get to that point where we can see God like he saw God. See, here's, and, and, and he gets them all the way across, takes out the army, and then they're in the middle of, they're in the middle of the wilderness. And God, here, here's the crux. God says, okay, come, everybody, everybody. He wanted, he wanted what he had with Moses for a nation. And he calls them, he says, okay, everybody, wash your clothes, wash your bodies, come to the mountain. Okay, let's talk about the mountain. The mountain was scary. The mountain was scary. It was, there was fire, and there was lightning, and thunder, and a gray cloud over it. You know, God's big. If he's going to show up on earth, it's going to be really, really rough. But he invites them, and here's what they do. When you hear the voice, you hear the voice out of the darkness, while the mountain was ablaze with fire, all the leaders of your tribes and your elders came to me. And you said, Lord, our God has shown us his glory and his majesty, and we have heard his voice from the fire. Today we have seen that person can live even if he speaks with God himself. But now why should we die? The great fire will consume us. We will die if we hear the voice of the Lord, our God, any longer. For what mortal has ever heard the voice of the living God speaking out of fire as we have and survived? Go near and listen to all the Lord says, Lord our God says. Then tell us whatever the Lord our God tells you. We will listen and obey. The Lord heard you when you spoke to me, and the Lord said, I have heard what these people say to you. Everything they say is good. Oh, that their heart would incline to fear me and keep my commandments always so that I, it might go well with them and their children forever. Go tell them to return to their tents. But you stay here with me so that I may give you my commands, decrees, and laws. You are to teach them to follow the land I am giving you. Here it is. Here it is. All were invited. God, don't send me back to the tent. Don't send me back to my tent. Do it afraid. I said, you know, the thing for me when I go to meet God is I stand out. I sit in that space in the spirit. And I get as close to that mountain I know that if I push the edge, I'm going to just get burned up. But I don't care. Every night I go out, every morning I go out, and I get as close to him as I can because he's right there. He's right there. You know, when when Higby was talking and I thought, oh, my gosh, you know, poor Moses, he didn't get to go in the promised land, and I got stuck right there. He, you know, there, there are consequences for sin, period. 
But then that's why the Lord said to me, wide angle lens, wide angle lens. I want you to understand that Moses lived in the mountaintops. He came down to people who did not. He lived there. He walked there. He stayed there. So the invitation is still there. God made it so we could actually go back in. We can go back in by the blood of Jesus. We can go to the mountaintop. We can stay there. The whole point was Moses wasn't upset about not going to the promised land. He already had it. He had the promised land. He carried the promised land. He was in the promised land. See, we're all in the promised land. It's not about getting to heaven. It's not about getting to the thing that I need to get to. We're in it right now. God showed me what this looked like in, I call, you know that when you go to Walmart and you have people coming and you don't have enough beds, you buy these blue mattresses. You know, you fill them up with your, you know, like vacuum cleaner or your, you know, shop vac and they're blue and they're just like a big balloon, but blue in a square. And what the Lord showed me is a six lane highway. And there are trucks and there are cars and they're all just traveling down the road. And I get on this blue mattress and, you know, you kind of hold on for dear life as he goes sideways between two, two semis and underneath them and over them and backwards and all, you know, it's just like a balloon. You, you know, let the air out of it and it's going all around like this. But that's what life in the spirit is like. And what that looks like for you is going to be different than it looks like for me because we're the body of Christ. A nose doesn't look like a knee. It has a different function. A liver is different than your little toe. We're all different. We're all built different because we're supposed to champion each other. We're supposed to champion with what I have, I give to you and you give to me, and then we make another, we can fly even higher. See, the thing about the people that are in the cars and the, and the, and the, the semis, they've all got a steering wheel. Guess what the blue mattress does not have? There's no steering wheel. You just hold on for dear life as you fly. But you're flying, the kingdom of heaven is right now. The mountaintop is right now. He already contained it. You already have everything you need in this moment. It's right now. When we worship, we are on the mountaintop. We are already there. We're already there. See, and that's the revelation is we're already flying. If you can get out of your car, it's not a destination. He was trying to tell the Israelites it's not a destination. It's, I looked it up. It's from the Red Sea to the Jordan River is like 897 miles, which, you know, if you figure out a person can walk about 18 kilometers a day, divide that all in kilometers, it ends up like 80 days. All right, let's add some change for Sabbath. Divided by seven days weeks, about three months and some change. And they did it 
for 40 years because he was trying to get them to come to the mountain to understand that it wasn't a destination. It wasn't a land. It was now. He are, they already had everything they could need, everything they want. He would move like he did at the Red Sea for them, and they missed what they had in the moment. They missed it. Don't miss it. Do it afraid. Do it terrified. Do it if you don't understand it. You just hang on. Hang on. See, the, what, this is my heart is because I know there's some blue mattress flyers in this room. You, you know, you can't really be, you know, under Pastor Charlie and not really fly a blue mattress. Because he just flies there all the time, and you just kind of try to catch it as you go by. But here's, here's the remarkable thing, is that there really are some people in here who have no idea how to fly a blue mattress. There really are. But as we share with one another, okay, I had this incredible experience and it looks different for every person. It might be, I read this scripture and suddenly I understood like I had never caught before and I've read that my whole life. Or it could be the Lord talks to them. He doesn't really talk to me. He says like, no, I don't want any of that. That's kind of how he talks to me. I don't get these dissertations. I know people that get, you know, pages and pages. and pages. I don't get that. I get a picture, mountaintop. So I would, this is what I would like us to do. I would like us to stand up and pick two people, try to talk to two people and share a mountaintop experience with them. If you don't have one, just no, just be a sponge. Because here's the thing. 40 years ago, I met this woman who, you know, just out of who she was, just started sharing with me her relationship with the Lord. She says, oh, I, I have date night with him. My husband works Saturday nights, and I just have date night. And I just, you know, I set a place for him at the table, and I spend time with him, and we might go to the park. And I'm thinking, that's just weird. I, I, you know, I had never heard of anything like that. And she would talk to me about these crazy things that would happen. And what that did is like, oh, I want some of that. I really do. I want some of that. And the Lord just, you know, I, for, for one, I'd probably been seeing like that my whole life. I just didn't have an articulation. But as she shared, it was like, oh, that's what that is. So, I would like us to not it not be a not do what we normally do where it's a competition mine mine was better than yours or he has what mine has or he's breathing on me you know let's not let's just not do that let's be the family of God where we champion each other oh that's possible oh that's possible and if we share our mountaintops and we all come up to the mountain we're going to see the valleys, even though you have to, to get to one mountain to the other. There's a valley. But in the end, we're all going to see mountaintops, just like when Moses died. They didn't even know where he, they built him because God buried him. And where did Moses show up again? Transfiguration. He was at the transfiguration. He got to show up when Jesus 
like showed up. So let's 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 attain. Let's attain the mountaintop. Let's strive for the mountaintop. There are valleys, but I want to be at the end of my life and I want to look out and see nothing but mountaintops and know that I hold on to the truth that Moses met on another mountaintop so there are more to come even after I'm gone. So if we could all stand up, just pick somebody. I'd like you to pick two people, one share each side. Risk, I'm asking you to risk. Thank you for tuning in to today's message from Identity Church. To know more about us, go to identitychurch.net where you'll find resources such as a calendar, media, and upcoming events. You may also download an app for your mobile device from the Apple App Store or Google Play. Then from your mobile device, you can hear our messages, read from the Bible, take notes, connect with us on the social media, and even pay your tithe. Again, thank you for tuning in to today's message from Identity Church.